Good evening, everyone, and welcome to today's webinar Wednesday. Today's webinar is going to be Christ is Alive Part 2, and is part of our Young People and the Church webinar series. In today's webinar, our very own Youth Apostle Director, Surgeon Sebastian, will be going through Christus Vivit, more specifically, the first three chapters of Christus Vivit. Before I hand it over to Surgeon Chetan to speak to us, just a few things as always. Today's webinar is recorded, and you, you'll be able to find this and our previous webinars on our Spotify page, so be sure to check that out afterwards. And if you do have any questions, please feel free to send it through to the Q&A box. It is now my privilege to welcome Surgeon Sebastian to speak to us today. Good evening, all. Once again, uh, with Christus Vivid, part two, I'm here in front of you, and it's my great pleasure to break open Crisis Vivid, uh, the first three chapters for you. And in the first part, we saw uh, the background, how this apostolic exhortation came into effect. So today I will uh, quickly do an overview of what we have uh, done in the last uh, webinar, and we will break open in detail the first three chapters where we can see the scriptural, theological, and the sociological observations. So I will share my screen so that uh, we can go through the uh, presentation as well. And um, then and after end of this webinar, it will be sent out to you for your uh, future reference as well. So uh, this is um, our uh, Young People and the Church webinar series, and we are trying to dive deep into uh, Christus Vivid, the first uh, synodal apostolic exhortation to young people by Pope Francis, and especially not only to young people, to the entire uh, church. So um, uh, as I mentioned in the last webinar, it came on uh, April 2nd in 2019 and dedicated to all young people and to the entire people of God. And this was the fourth apostolic exhortation of this uh, pontificate. And also this was the first ever apostolic exhortation on young people. And I already um, uh, described and explained the background in detail in the previous webinar. You could uh, check that in our uh, Spotify page. So um, when we are looking at this, um, in this uh, apostolic exhortation, we can see Christ is alive and Christus vivid, nine chapters, 299 paragraphs with many footnotes and cross references across from Bible and other uh, encyclicals from the previous pops as well. And Christ is alive and he wants you to be alive. And the sole purpose of this um, webinar is also uh, allowing young people or allowing you, those who are listening to me right now, helping you to be alive because Jesus wants you to be alive. And um, that we can see in the very first paragraph of Christ is vivid itself. And um, we are reading in the second paragraph like this, he is in you, he is with you, and he never abandons you. My dear young people, this is the core message of this apostolic exhortation as well. And, uh, you know, it is actually not declining the reality either. However, far you may wander, he is always there, the risen one. We, you know, young people normally wander around or they will be alienating from faith as well. But the positive thing or the our hope is the ever faithful God, that is our Lord Jesus Christ, is always there for us and the risen one. And he calls you and waits for you to return to him and start over again. So he is actually calling you and me very personally today and he is waiting for us or you know in another words he wanna get that personal response from us and uh, he is waiting for our return so that we can start over again with him so while you are listening to me today 
uh, let that happen. Let that uh, have that prayer in you while we are, you know, breaking uh, this uh, first three chapters in front of you so that we can start again once again. We can respond to his ultimate call in our lives a bit more deeply. So, um, especially in this... Uh, nine chapters, we can see um, it is actually correspond to the pastoral method of see, judge, and act. It is actually um, based on the Catholic social teaching. It's um, uh, one of the highly acclaimed pastoral method which we use in Catholic social teaching. See, judge, and act. So, the first three chapters um, we can you know, we can see in another way, we could see the observations. And the chapter four to six, through based on those observations, we are actually making some uh, judgments so that we can act on. So in this uh, part two webinar, uh, we will be seeing that uh, first three chapters where we could identify the pastoral method, the first uh, phase of the pastoral method, C. So we are moving ahead. In chapter one, we will be seeing the scriptural observations. Uh, we will be going through um, New Testament and Old Testament um, references where we can see um, young adults in the salvation history. And we will be looking at what the word of God says about these young people in the salvation history. From Old Testament and also from the New Testament. I will bring you over some uh, uh, characters in front of you. Those who played a significant role or you know, some of those um, prophets or um, kings will be our favorite ones in the Bible as well. So we will be seeing in chapter one, the scriptural observations where we are looking at the young people in the salvation history. And chapter two, where we are seeing the theological observations where we will be mainly looking at Jesus ever young and how his youthfulness helping us uh, to grow uh, in our lives. And we will be looking at uh, Jesus, uh, Mary, and uh, the saints from the history who inspired the church, the entire church, to regain her youthfulness. So uh, the theological observations, how their life impacted the church. And uh, chapter three, we will be seeing the sociological observations where Pope Francis clearly stating that you are the now of God. And we will be looking at some realities and the challenges that is facing by our young people today. And some of you are also facing those realities, also those challenges already or you've been through. And all these realities and challenges, um, Pope Francis has uh, jotting down in this apostolic exhortation from the synodal listening process, which happened from 2016 onwards for uh, before he published this apostolic exhortation. So, Please remember, chapter one, we are um, scriptural observations. Chapter two, we will be seeing the theological observations. And in chapter three, we will be seeing the sociological observations. And these observations will help us to make some solid judgment about the young people today and the young people in the past and the young people today and the young people are in the making. So I will be jumping into chapter one so that um, we could uh, go in deeper. As I mentioned in the first chapter, what does the word of God have to say about young people? And uh, when we are you know, talking about uh, what scripture says about young people, um, we need to see our God 
he is actually taking a very particular interest in the issues of young people because when we are going through this uh, scriptural um, references from uh, from the bible we will be seeing young people they face some sort of uh, challenges or some sort of issues and our god is actually intervening in their life with a solid uh, answer so the first person we will be seeing uh, from the old testament is joseph and in joseph uh, what we need to understand is god showed him many great things in his dreams and um, the uh, reference from the if you do have a bible with you you can um, uh, uh, turn to genesis chapter 37 and also we need to understand that um, uh, the characters which i am going to present from the apostolic exhortation um, christus vivit where god sees these young people differently and he uses them for the greater glory of um, his name and also he is using these young people for the revival of that particular community as well so if we are looking at genesis chapter 37 and um, this is the story of the verse two this is the story of jacob's family joseph a young man of 70 look a young man who is in his 70 in in his teen and late teen ages you know he was actually seeing many dreams and all those dreams came into a reality and um, you know he faced his brothers sold him to um, to pharaoh um, but and he he ended up in pharaoh's um uh, uh pharaoh's uh, pharaoh's place as well but we need to understand that you know before all these happened he ha he had many dreams in those dreams he saw all this will be happening to him and you know, but he never understood by that time so my dear young people this is one thing you know when i'm looking at joseph young people you are capable of dreaming dreams which can take you in your life you know in a, in a next level so please dream the dreams that can move you that can help you to soar to heights and joseph sold by his brothers but at the end he is actually uh, becoming the protector of the family the one who was uh, feeding the family in such a way so joseph that was the first um, uh, when we are looking at the scriptural observations joseph comes into this apostolic exhortation firstly and secondly um in christus vivid um pope francis mentioning about gideon so in uh, gideon we can see judges uh, please turn your bible to chapter 6 um verse 13 and 14 or from uh, chapter verse 12 onwards the call of gideon um where we can see the frankness of young people this is also one of the core characteristics of young people the frankness and especially uh, being the director for youth apostolate i could easily um, say that um, uh, the genuineness and the openness of the young people especially in siramalabar eparki whom i minister to whom i serve to i experience that frankness on a day-to-day -day life in my day-to-day -day life and thank you so much my dear young people for that um, you know helping me to grow with your uh, frankness as well and here we are seeing a young person like you so you know so open and he was very genuinely speaking to the lord which we can see in verse 13 and 14 
Gideon answered, please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why is all this happening to us? Where are those wonders which our fathers recounted to us? Did they say that the Lord led them up from Egypt? Why has he abandoned us now and given us into the hands of Midianites? The Lord then turned to him and said, go and use the strength of yours to save Israel from the Midianites. It is I whom am sending you. So my dear brothers and sisters, look at here. You know, like a young person who is questioning God with his openness. Lord, why you have abandoned us? Why you abandoned Israel completely? And in our lives as well, we came across with this question many times. And I know when young people, you know, they felt miserable or they felt, you know, like they are, they, they are lost. The first question, um, young people arises or, uh, you know, I, I raised this question several times in my life as well. God, why you abandon me? But whenever we ask that question very openly to the Lord, he will be the always, I got this answer like Gideon got. Um, go and I am sending you. I'm sending you. And in another words, I am I'm with you. When God says, I'm sending you, one thing he literally says to us, I'm with you. I'm with you. So my dear brothers and sisters, through the example of Gideon today, God is asking you to be open like, like, uh, like all other young people and uh, have that questions in your mind. Why you have abandoned me, Lord? But you will get the answer. And uh, with that answer, God is telling you, I am with you at the end of times. So the next character we are seeing is young Samuel. And um, that we are seeing in um, Samuel, 1 Samuel um, chapter 3, where uh, we could see the call of uh, the young boy, Samuel, the one who was um, sleeping uh, with um, his um, master, Eli. And, you know, this young man, he simply opened his heart to hear God's call. First of all, he couldn't, you know, listen to his call, but eventually he could understand God is calling him and he became one of the greatest prophets in the history of Israel and in the history of our church who intervened at the critical times, sorry, in the history of his country. And that we could see chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. Eli said to him, go and lie down. If God calls you again, answer, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. So one more thing I want to I wanna draw your attention here. The total, I mean, you know, like Samuel was um, obedient to his master. That is one of another reason he could listen to God's call in a very profound nature. So Samuel is teaching us to open our hearts. When young people open their hearts to God's call, miracles will happen. The history will be changed. So my question to you today, through the example of Samuel, are you ready to open your heart to God's call once again in your life so that the history can be changed. The next person is, you know, one of um, the all-time favorites of young people, that is David. And uh, the David's life is uh, teaching us the glory of youth is in the heart where we could see this great prophet, the one who opened his heart towards the God's call, he is actually, you know, seeking as per um, God's voice, uh, the next king of Israel. And he found the, you know, God, the one who looks at heart and he is actually 
God is asking uh, Samuel to anoint David because God, the one who saw the heart of this young man, and the rest is again the history. The rest, you know, again, it becomes the history. So David is um, urging us to have that uh, sincere heart, the one who was always worshipping God, always uh, singing hymns and playing instruments for the glory of the Lord. So God will raise you up if you are pure in and sincere in your heart like David. And we may fall, but still, if God is with us, who can be against us. So Pope Francis clearly, you know, uh, jotting down all these um, scriptural references as, our, uh, as uh, scriptural observations in front of us so that our young people today can learn from these young people in the scripture. And another great man, another great young person. And when we are talking about the next two, one Solomon and another one is um, Jeremiah. Solomon, one of the greatest king and Jeremiah. Jeremiah is one of the greatest prophets, prophets in the uh, history. So we could, uh, I, we need to identify the audacity of young people. You know, these two, they were asking God for wisdom so that they can devote themselves completely to the mission uh, that is bestowed upon them. And in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 7, we are seeing Solomon says, to, says like this, I'm a mere youth, not knowing at all how to act. So that is actually, you know, if you are turning your Bible, uh, first, uh, first Kings chapter 3, verse 7. It's a beautiful passage there. Um, uh, we could see, And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in the place of David, my father. Although I am but a little child who does not know how to undertake anything. So David made his mark. And after David, Solomon comes up. And he is saying, you know, I'm, I'm only a child. I don't know how to act. But God said to him, because you have asked this and have not asked for yourself long life or riches or for life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right and now do according to your word. Indeed. I give you a wise and discerning mind. No one like you has been before you and no one like you shall arise after you. So Solomon simply asked for the wisdom. So my dear brothers and sisters, um, Pope Francis is urging us to uh, stand with that audacity, asking God for wisdom so that truly we can devote ourselves to the mission uh, God uh, gives to us. And Jeremiah, the same thing happened with him. He simply said, Oh Lord God, truly I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. And God said to him, Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you. So, if Whenever we complain or whenever we pour out our heart in front of the Lord, the strengthening words will come. So the question arises here. Are we ready to uh, pour our heart in front of the Lord so that we can be filled with wisdom? And when we fill with wisdom, we could respond to his call and we can devote ourselves to the mission. And uh, one more uh, young, and this is a young woman, and it's Ruth, none other than Ruth. And um, uh, Ruth we are seeing in um, Ruth chapter one. Uh, just uh, take your Bible if you do have. Um, chapter one was one to 18 and uh, four, one to 17. And she stood firm at hard times and moved ahead in life with boldness. So 
uh, those who are listening, you know, that uh, young women of um, Australia and especially with the Sri Malabar Church today, um, when you are, now you when you are listening to me right now, God is asking you to stood firm, even though you are facing some trials and troubles in your life. And God is asking you to stand firm so that you can lead the church into, uh, in, you know, out of darkness. And we need more young women in the church like Ruth, who stood so firm in her faith and with her family and with her community. Uh, we need more young women like Ruth in our church today. So do you... Uh, do you uh, ready, you know, are you ready to stand firm like Ruth? So that is um, another, another person we could see that uh, Jewish servant girl uh, who helped Naaman to cure from his illness. That is First uh, Kings chapter 5, verse 2 and 6. So these are the scriptural references. Young people, you know, some of the young um, people from from the Old Testament, uh, Pope Francis portraits in his apostolic exhortation so that we can learn from them in detail. So I truly encourage you to go through this while you have got time, um, especially through the scriptures, what, they, what these young people did and how they became part of the history and how they moved the entire nation and how they influenced the community they were part of so that we can influence our community and church we are part of. And church desperately needs you. After these scriptural observations, church you know, expects you to rise like an eagle. So, when we are coming to New Testament, you know, that's um, again um, Luke chapter 15, verse um, uh, 17 to 19. We are seeing a young man who went away from the father. He comes back because he found the strength to make a new start. So this is another core characteristic of young people. And we can see, you know, many young people, those who are vulnerable today, but Many of them, when they are, you know, um, uh, going away from, uh, uh, from family, faith, and fellowship, when they are finding right answers, they find the strength to come back. And they are finding their way. And they are, uh, they are ready to come back so that they can make a new start. I saw this in many young people's lives in our parky as well. They are so bold. Uh, you know, so they are so bold enough to say, Father, I'm wrong. Now I am coming back to you. When young people takes that decision, the same moment we could see, Father, the one who runs towards. The young man, young person like you, and, um, you know, like that prodigal son, when you make a decision in your life, Father, I'm coming back. Father runs to you. And uh, one thing we need to understand that young hearts, you know, young people's hearts, they are naturally ready to change, to turn back, to get up and learn from life. That's what in the scriptures we are we are reading like that. I will, I will, uh, you know, I will go back to my father's house and I will say to him, I I have done wrong against you. So today, through this uh, scriptural observation, Pope Francis is urging us to uh, to make a change, to turn back and to get up and learn from our lives. And then in the same reference, we could see another son of the same, of the father, an older son. His heart became so grown and his heart became so old because, and he lacked the spirit of love and mercy in his life. 
That's what he was complaining. That's what he was actually positioning himself in a very different way. And he was, uh, you know, in another way, simply uh, raising his voice or quarreling with the father. Father, I was with you always, but you know, you haven't gave me anything. If you are with the father, whatever father, you know, whatever belongs to the father is also yours. So my dear brothers and sisters, um, let's have a young heart like this prodigal son. And again, another young person in Bible, none other than our, our Lord Jesus. Um, because um, Pope Francis says to us, for him, age that did not establish any privileges and being did not, uh, young did not imply lesser worth or dignity. Because Jesus celebrated his life uh, and celebrated his youthfulness. And um, in uh, paragraph 15, uh, Pope Francis writes to us like this. Young people are not meant to be become discouraged. They are meant to dream great things, to seek vast horizons, to aim higher, to take on the world, to accept challenges and to offer the best of themselves to the building of something better. So my dear brothers and sisters who are, who are listening to me right now, this is the message for you towards the end of chapter one. And you are called to take on the world and you are called to accept the challenges and you are called to offer the best of yourself and you are called to build something better wherever you are. So, um, again, if you lost if you lost your uh, inner vitality or your dreams or your enthusiasm, your optimism or your generosity, the word of the Lord comes to you, young man, I say to you, arise. So that is end of chapter one. You know, where God is urging us to arise through all these examples of um, young people in the scripture from Old Testament and also from New Testament as well. So we will move on to our um, next chapter, and that is chapter two, and where we could see the theological observations, where Pope Francis underlining the message, Jesus ever young. And he is portraying um, the, the incidents from Jesus' life, and also from Mary, and also from other young saints who inspired the church to regain her youthfulness. All the saints mentioned in, the, in chapter 2, they helped the church to regain her youthfulness time to time. So, um, the first thing we need to understand is when we are thinking about Jesus ever young, Jesus grew in his relationship with father and with others. So, because um, um, everybody loved to hear those words, you are my beloved child. And um, father always uh, says this to us. Father says the same words to us, to you and to me today. You are my beloved child. Hmm? And during the time of baptism, the Holy Spirit descended upon him bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved with, with you, I am well pleased. And this shows, you know, that uh, intimate relationship with the father. Jesus' intimate relationship with the father. And again... And, um, you know, he, he have got a very intimate relationship with others, especially with his mother and the foster father. Where we could see in Luke chapter 2 verse 51 says to us, Luke chapter 2 verse 51 says to us, uh, Jesus continued to be under their authority. So he was so obedient to them. 
and uh, we are reading in uh, chapter, verse 52 jesus increased in wisdom and in age and in grace with god and men he grew in wisdom and age and in grace before god and men so this is you know very important he was actually having a very intimate relationship with the heavenly father and at the same time that relationship helped him to have the uh, have his relationship with others so intimate he was so obedient and he grew in wisdom and age and grace before god and men so second thing jesus tells us jesus was just another young person of his town and we could see you know we could not see any other um, references from um, at the age of 12 he was you know he was actually um, with the uh, he was in the temple and then till the age of 30 and from the age of 30 you know he was actually started his public ministry and until then we need to understand he was just another young person of his town and we are also, you know, sometimes, you know, young people uh, simply things in that way, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just a simply an ordinary person. I'm a simple person in my town, in my community. That's fine because Jesus was like that. Who related normally to others. No one regarded him as unusual or set apart from others. You know, look at the age, age told from 30. You know, he was simply, no one regarded him as a set apart other than his parents. But he grew in wisdom and he grew in his age and he grew in grace. That we need to understand. But at the same time, he was simply a young man who was, you know, mingling with others, uh, celebrated his family in, in another way so that we need to understand here and he was not a withdrawn adolescent or a self-absorbed youth he was not he was not at all withdrawn himself from the larger community or the family he was simply involved in the day-to-day -day lives of his family day-to-day -day life of his community as well and, you know, that's what Pope Francis says to us, who shared fully in the life of his family and his people. And um, he was um, interacting with his um, wider family, relatives of his parents and his friends. It's very, very, you know, simply we could see that in um, cross-reference is also there. Luke chapter 2, verse 42 and 44. And what is this Jesus' youth teaches us? So, the growing with that intimate relationship with the father and also being in that part of the family and part of the community and being having that openness to be filled with the holy spirit it helped jesus to carry out his mission that god gave to him because he responded to his personal vocation in jesus all the young people can see themselves. Um, paragraph 31, um, Pope Francis tells us. And also youth is more than simply a period of time. It is a state of mind. And, you know, like that, when I read that, you know, I was um, simply having that um, enlightenment in my heart as well, because youth is more than simply a period of time. It's a state of mind. That is actually a good news for people like me grew a bit older and um, and uh, in chapter two we could see with the theological reference um, observations a church uh, is open to renewal and uh, the question arises here young people can help keep the church young how and uh, my dear young people who are listening to me right now uh, listen to those words in paragraph 37 so carefully. They can stop her from becoming corrupt. They can keep her from moving forward. They can prevent her from being proud or secretary. Help her to be poorer and bear better witness. 
to take the side of the poor and the outcast to fight for justice and humbly to let herself be challenged. So ponder into those words, if you could, today itself. And, and think how you can be part of church's renewal. And one more thing, you know, like I want to add here, a church is not an outdated institution. This we need to understand that very clearly. And the church is open to renewal. And when we are saying church, it's all of us together. And are we ready to open for a renewal? If we are, we can simply say church is open to renewal. And let's church to regain the youthfulness, her youthfulness. And the church is very attentive to the signs of the times. So, because, um, you know, like through that synodal process, when it happened, the synod recognized that a substantial number of young people from for all sorts of reasons do not ask the church for anything because they do not see her as significant for their lives. So this is one of the you know, dangerous situation as well, especially when we are looking at our eparchy. You know, it's a migrant eparchy and in Australia and also a, a mission eparchy. We are a mission diocese. In Australia, our eparchy of St. Thomas the Apostle Melbourne, we are a mission diocese. And sometimes, you know, like we, we all came to this country as migrants. And if we are not seeing our church, the entire Catholic church and also our Siromalabar church, uh, yes, if we are not considering church as a significant one in our lives, there is a high possibility from alienating from the church. So, how can we attentive to the signs of the times? That's a question raising, you know, uh, Pope Francis raises here. And how the church can be able to respond to the dreams of young people. And, um, you know, definitely, Mary, the young woman of Nazareth, her ears changed the uh, world. She simply took the risk. And uh, she took the risk and she was so strong. And she's an influencer. And she's the influencer of God. You know, when, you know, in LinkedIn, we could, uh, uh, the pro professional platform, uh, we could see, you know, that the influencers. And Mary was actually an influencer of God. And her yes and her desire to serve were stronger than any doubts or difficulties. So, my dear young people, say yes to the Lord. Always. I know, you know, those who are listening to me said yes to the Lord. But every day, you know, we need to be like Mary, responding to God's call and taking risks without any doubts. So the young saints, there is a big list of young saints and their example shows us that um, what young people are capable of when they are open themselves to encounter Christ. So uh, be a courageous and a committed young person who can offer the world only one thing, Jesus. That's what Acts chapter 3 verse 6 says to us. But what I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. So we need new testimonies of holiness in this era. New testimonies of holiness. Church is looking at you, my dear young people, so that we could hear new testimonies from you. We could hear new testimonies of the saints of this millennium, that is you. So that uh, chapter three, sociological observance, observations, where 
Pope Francis literally says to us, you are the now of God. And he is looking at some realities and challenges facing our young people today. And all these challenges and realities heard during the synodal process. So, you know, you are the now of God. And I am simply portraying some of the young people of our eparchy here in this slide. And I truly believe, you know, those who portrayed in this picture and also those who are in our eparchy, they are the now of God. And the young people, the young people entire the globe, you are the now of God. I want to re-emphasize the words of Pope Francis once again. You are the now of God and church is looking at you. You are not the past. You are not only the present and you are not the meantime. You are the now of God. And you are the present. And the one question arises here is, what are today's young people are really like? What is going on in their lives? So those who are listening to me right now, could you please respond to this question when you have got a bit of time and um, get back to me as well? or get back to youth apostolate so that we can work on a bit more in detail uh, with this. What are today's young people are really like? What do you like? And what's going on in your lives? Please answer to these questions. And um, listing all the problems and the failing of today's young people will result, result greater distance, less closeness, and less mutual assistance. You know, uh, probably, you know, that older generation, that um, digital, uh, digital immigrants like us, digital migrants like us, probably listing all the problems and failings of you. And um, um, on, you know, like I'm also uh, want to say sorry as well to listing all the problems and failings of you. Uh, in between in my life as well and that resulted greater distance and that resulted less closeness and that resulted less mutual assistance and understanding being a director i'm so sorry for that if we did that listed that problems and failings of you but one thing is very clearly i can state that The church is considering your heart is a holy ground of, a, of bearing the seeds of divine life. The church knew it. And the church is readily you know, available or the church is ready to listen to you and put away all the narrow preconceptions. And church is ready to listen carefully to the young. That's what Pope Francis is urging us in paragraph 65. Because when the church and the older generation giving their empathetic heart and listening ears to the young people, it allows the young people to make their own contribution to the community helping it to appreciate new sensitivities and to consider new questions. So, uh, please share your thoughts. Please um, share, you know, or be, uh, share whatever comes to you with an openness, with that frankness which Gideon had. And we are living in a world. We are living in a world in crisis. It's not world of crisis. You need to understand that we are living in a world in crisis. And um, you know, many young people suffer the forms of marginalization and social exclusion for religious, ethnic, and economic reasons. Many young people live today in the war zones, experiences violence uh, in uh, families, in the society, and many um, experiencing the countless forms of violence, such as 
kidnapping, exhortation, organized crime, who, human trafficking, slavery and the sexual exploitation, wartime rape and so forth. And many young people are taken in by ideologies. And they are moved away, drifted away their life from the values, the moral values and from faith. And um, we are, you know, again, there were ideological colonization and the young people experiencing that throwaway culture and young people are experiencing, you know, um, their bodies are constantly advertised as a means of selling products and um, they are challenged by the oppressive family traditions generational conflicts happened and some experienced the freedom of speech so these are the some of the realities jotted down in chapter three and uh, pope francis is um, literally urging the church and you and me today, can we weep? Can you weep? Can I weep when I see a child who is starving on drugs or on the street or homeless, abandoned, mistreated or exploited as a slave by the society? Can I weep? Can we weep together? Or can you weep like a mother? And anyone, and Pope Francis writes in paragraph 75, Anyone who is incapable of tears cannot be a mother. And he is asking the society to be a caring mother. The one who weeps. The one who empathizes. And he is urging the society to don't anesthetize the young people with other messages, with other distractions or uh, trivial pursuits. And again, you know, like underlining, that's what we could see in another cause reference in the Bible, the first sentence of the resurrected Lord, woman, why are you weeping? Here, we are seeing that importance, some realities in life are only seen with eyes cleansed by tears. Weeping is also an expression of mercy and compassion. Once you can weep, then you will be able to help others from the heart in other words when i'm saying you know when pope francis jotting down weeping you know that heart that uh, you know that when we are seeing somebody starving you know homeless is are we are we having that pain are we weeping inside so the desires hurts and longingness of young people he was jotting down, uh, you know, in paragraph 83, the church wants to be his, Jesus's instrument on this path to interior healing and peace of heart. So he brings some hope over there. And the Pope Francis is saying to us, we are living in a digital world. There is a new way to communicate and which can facilitate the circulation of independent for information. The verb and the social networks already represent a family established forum for reaching and involving young people. You know, especially during this COVID-19 pandemic, uh, the digital world, the, uh, we were living in a virtual world more often than any time in the history. And it helped us to involve reaching out to many young people. That's a very positive side of it. But at the same time, <coughs> it became a place where young people experienced, expressed loneliness, manip manipulation, exploitation and violence up to the extreme case of the dark web. And the digital media um, expose people to the risk of addiction, isolation and gradual loss of contact with the con concrete reality. And um, Pope Francis writes like this, online relationships can become inhuman. And immersion in the virtual world has favored a kind of digital migration involving withdrawal from their families, 
and their cultural and religious values and entrance into a world of loneliness and i uh, i i saw this in many young people's lives through their uh, sharings through their um, uh, you know when i uh, closely watching their uh, um, life i could see that some of the young people they are experiencing that loneliness and wandering around in the digital world but um pope francis is clearly uh, urging the entire society to end, end every form of abuse and uh, abuse of power abuse of conscience sexual and financial abuses any every type of abuses have to be ended that's what he is uh, uh, describing in chapter 3 and um, he is encouraging communities to examine respectfully and seriously the situation of their young people in order to find the most fitting ways of providing them with the pastoral care so my dear young people we know very clearly in our eparchy we um, uh, we clearly you know respectfully and seriously we are um, uh, examining our young people the situations of young people so that we could say we are a mission and the pope francis uh, in the end of his um, chapter 3 he is um, jotting down venerable carlo acutis because the one who transmit the gospel to communicate the value and the beauty and this is one of the quote of carlo acutis everyone is born as an original but many people end up dying as photocopies so let that not happen to you and especially in today's world you are you need to be the original form of you rather than the photocopies and um, i'm finishing off the, with this there to be more that's what you know the final words of uh, chapter 3 for francis says to us don't let them rob of you the hope and joy or drug you into becoming a slave to their interests there to be more because you who you are is more important than any possession who you are is more important so please there to be more so i am finishing off with this a uh, constant message i always says to young people and um, when i am reading this first three chapters the underlining words of pope francis is also the same thing you are the church and you are the present so my dear young people believe in that and take on action through this observations which we had today and in the next part we will see how we can make some profound judgments and how we can take some actions uh, towards the future but believe you are the church and you are the present thank you god bless thank you so much shada for basically opening up the the first few bits of this beautiful exhortation that pope francis has written not only only to the youth as you mentioned but to the entire church and so now i open it up to my fellow youth uh, the rest of the attendees if you guys have any questions now that you would like to ask odin chatton please do uh, type it into the q and a box and we have a bit of time to answer them so if you do have any questions please feel free to ask them now so if you have um, any questions um you can you know send that to me as well i will um uh, i am ready to um uh, write that for you or um i will be able to you know give answers in a la later stage as well and um this uh, presentation will be sent out to you for your future reference um as well i think we are a bit uh, over time <laughs> if we don't have any questions then um chatta would you be kind enough to give us a small prayer to just finish off the session definitely heavenly father we thank you for this wonderful time especially during the uh, pandemic uh, we believe the webinar wednesdays is a gift to us and uh, through spotify 
and uh, through other social media platforms we are listening to this uh, uh, webinars and uh, we are um, uh, we are molded by the webinars and once again we thank you for this uh, webinar wednesdays lord um, we surrender our parky and all the young people in our parky and in the entire world so that they can become the love of god amen Amen. Thank you, Soren Chada, for spending some time to break that open with us today. And also thank you to everyone else for joining us today. Um, as Chetan mentioned, you can find uh, this one and all of our previous webinars on our Spotify. So please do head over there um, if you want to hear them. And on that note, thank you again, once again to everyone. And I hope you have a good night. Thank you.